Hello there, and thanks for joining me in today's podcast, The Psychology Report. Facts of life for kids. That's our topic. As a parent, have you ever made a list? And have you ever gone over the list with the kids in your home? A list that you would call the facts of life. Well, let's take a look at that uh, as we pick up the podcast today. First of all, here's a quote that puts it into context, okay? For parents. This is for parents. There is no higher calling in life than raising the children God has entrusted to your care. Profound, isn't it? There's no higher calling in life than raising the children God has entrusted to your care. Now, let's take a look at the issue of facts of life. A parent, to do their job, a parent to do a good job as parents and in their parenting process, must come to terms with their children and, and certain facts of life. They're just certain things which are non-negotiable. Certain things that just are true. They have to be taken as true. They have to be accepted and lived with, whether you like it or not, or whether the neighbor lives that way or not, or whether somebody else advocates on the same point of view or not. There are certain facts of life that you have to decide for you as a family and for your children. So, get a piece of paper out and write down the facts of life. What are the facts of life that you have agreed on with your children, that you have put before them for them to understand and to accept and to live by? And um, if so, I'd be interested in knowing what your facts of life are. And maybe you come up with five, maybe you come up with ten of them. I'm going to give you a list, okay? Get you started on this. Now, this list is not all-inclusive. This list is a sample. This list is a model. This list is an, is, is an idea that you can run with, that you can follow up on. But what's important is that you come up with your own facts of life for the kids in your home. And obviously for the adults as well. Because the same facts of life prevail for all. And it's always better in a family that everybody lives by the same rules. Everybody lives by the same policies. Everybody lives by the same expectations. Everybody lives by the same value system. Everybody lives by the same moral system. What's good for one is good for you all in a family. Okay? So what are the facts of life in your family? What are they? Well, let's start with a couple of them, okay? And see how you come out with what you come up with, okay? Number one, bad things happen to good kids. But you've got to keep on going. Bad things happen to good kids. Good kids are bullied on the playground, Right? Teachers sometimes mistreat a child, a good kid. Sometimes good kids are accused, falsely accused, of a wrongdoing that they did not do, but were accused and therefore falsely accused. That happens in life. Sometimes teachers mistreat your child. Sometimes kids mistreat each other. Sometimes a parent of one of your friends has mistreated your child. Bad things do happen to good kids. But you know what? You got to brush off the dust off your shoes and keep on going. You can't sit back and just mope and be the victim of something bad that's happened. 
Sure, our kid would get a low grade and didn't deserve it. Sure, he worked hard on his project and deserved a top grade, but didn't get a top grade. Bad things happen to good kids. But you know, just keep on going. Okay, here's number one. Number two. Sometimes you get a bad teacher. Make the best of it. You know, in the course of life, you know, kids have a lot of teachers. Maybe 20, maybe 30 teachers. I don't know how many teachers I've had, professors that I've had over the years. It's got to be more than 30. Uh, I, I never did count them. But you know, sometimes you get a bad one. Sometimes you get a teacher that's unprepared. Sometimes you get a teacher that's teaching out of his or her class. Sometimes you get a teacher that just does not know the subject matter or doesn't know how to teach the subject matter. Sometimes they're very bright and know, and know the area, know the facts of history, know the facts of mathematics, but just do not know how to teach it. So sometimes you get a bad teacher. Sometimes teachers have bad moods. Sometimes teachers don't like boys, they don't like girls, or they don't like boys with red hair. I have heard in my own life that I was the subject of ridicule by a teacher. Because when I was a child, I had red hair. I didn't know that. I don't remember that. But my sisters remember it, that I was a subject of ridicule from a teacher because she didn't like boys with red hair. Now, what that was all about, I don't understand. But uh, I've forgotten about that, so I don't know how much it affected me. It probably affected me at the time. But uh, sometimes we get a bad teacher. What do you do? You make the best of it. Okay. Number three, in every group of kids, there's always a bully. In every group of kids, there's always a bully. In every classroom of 30 kids, 35 kids, there's a bully in there. Every playground at recess, you have 30, 50, 100, 200, 300 kids out in the playground. There's a bully out there, perhaps more than one. Stay away. Stay away from the bully. Avoid anybody who's a bully or who has a history of bully behavior or is identified as a bully or has treated you as a bully. Stay away from them. Get away from them. Don't be part of their life. And then report them. Do something about it. But you know, in every group of kids, there is that bully. That person who thinks they're better than somebody else or they're threatened by somebody else or that they get enjoyment by kicking somebody else that's weaker. They get enjoyment they, they, of teasing and ridiculing somebody that uh, is anemic or weak or personality is withdrawn and introverted. And don't forget, bullies are often kids who were bullied at home by their father, by their big brother, by their uncle, by their mother, by their grandparents, or whomever. Bullies were bullied one time before, and they start taking out on others in the playground at school. So you put a group of kids together, there's a bully in there somewhere. Okay, stay away from him. Oh, here's another one. There's always some kid that gets more than anyone else. You know, life is good, but it's often unfair. Just think about that. There's always some kid that gets more than anybody else. There's always that rich kid in the class. There's always that rich kid in the playground. There's always that rich kid in your block and neighborhood. There's always a kid that, not necessarily is he rich, 
but he has parents that will give him anything he asks for. They spoil him, in other words. They buy his love. They buy his obedience. They buy his commitment. They buy his loyalty. They buy his good behavior by giving him what he wants. And there's always those kids that get more than anybody else. Not because it's right and fair and just and it's appropriate. No. Often it's very inappropriate. But parents sometimes do that for ulterior motives. In other words, they control the kid by buying him gifts and buying him toys and buying him whatever he wants. And before you know it, he grows up demanding and expecting everything that anybody has and more. Expects to be the first kid on the block that has a car. First kid on his block that has certain clothing. First kid on his block that has certain computer activities and toys and instruments and the technology of the day. The very best and the very first. So he grows up to expect that because he's always gotten his way. He's always gotten what he wanted. So as far as anybody else is concerned, you have to remember, even a good life can be unfair at times. Okay, here's another one. All parents make mistakes. So the child needs to be forgiving. You know, parents aren't perfect. Parents do make mistakes. They make, they often go quick to judgment. They often are a little bit biased on a certain matter with one child or another. They often give a benefit of the doubt to one child and not to the other. You know, sometimes they just go with their gut feeling. And even though that gut feeling may be right or wrong. Sometimes they will blame one child for doing something when that child was innocent. Sometimes parents do things that are just inappropriate and unexplainable, even to themselves and to each other within the marital relationship, the spouse, husband to wife, mother to father. They misbehave. They mistreat each other. Parents make mistakes. Parents are not perfect. They're not perfect. Okay? And all parents make, we've got to be forgiving. We've got to teach our children to be forgiving. And then parents need to accept that forgiveness and change their behavior. Okay? So, next, besides parents making mistakes, not every parent is perfect. Not every person is perfect in a family. Whether it's grandparents or it's aunts and uncles or whether it's brothers and sisters or whomever. No person in the family is perfect. We all have our warts. So what do you have to do? You have to grin and bear it. Sometimes that's what a child has to do, is grin and bear it. They have parents who are imperfect. They have a brother, they have a sister that's imperfect, that mistreats them, and uh, doesn't behave in an appropriate kind of way. Not a good example for the younger children in the family. You know, no family member, no person is perfect. Not in looks, not in behavior, not in talk, not in thinking, not in reasoning, not in discussion, not in behavior, not in any way of life. No person is perfect. We all have our words. And a kid has to learn how to grin and bear it. Okay, next. There's always someone better than you. Okay? There's always somebody better than you. And there's always a lot more 
not as good as you. Okay? So you got to remember for the child, there's always somebody better. Okay? But there's a lot more people who are not as good as you. That's a very important idea to teach your children. You know, you're not always the top of the line. You're not always the best. You're not always the first in line. You're not always uh, the one with the right answer. You're not always the one that has the right solution or the right idea or the right comment at the time. You're not always the best kid in the block. There's always somebody better than you. There's always somebody that gets a higher grade. Always somebody that gets a, a, a higher evaluation from a teacher or from a committee of getting awards of various kinds. There's always somebody better than you. Maybe you thought you should get an award, but somebody else got it. So just remember, there's always somebody better than you. There's a lot more people, a lot more kids, not as good as you. Okay, here's the next one. <laughs> here's an important one. No is the answer. No, no, no. No is the answer. And the child has to be taught to accept it. To accept no is the answer. You know, sometimes parents just say no. They don't have to explain it. They don't have to reason it. They don't have to logically outline it and uh, put it into explanation. They just, the answer is just no. In the same way that sometimes the older is, or the answer is wait, or not now. But no is the answer. And kids have to learn to accept no as the answer. Non-negotiable. You don't argue. You don't discuss. You don't reason. You don't debate. You don't negotiate. It's no. It will be no. Okay? That's, and the last one I'd like to bring out to your attention is just this. Sometimes we as parents say this to our kids. Wait until you're older. You know, that's like waiting your turn in a doctor's waiting room, right? Your turn will come in due time. Your turn will come in due time. So um, be careful. You know, sometimes you have to wait till you're older. you got to wait a little bit older to get a driver's license. You have to get a little bit older to stay out later at night. Be a little bit older to date. To be a little bit older to watch television later at night or to watch certain programs. Or to all go to certain movies. Or to have certain friends. Sometimes you have to wait until you're older. Okay? And that is true throughout life. It's better to wait until you're older. You know, just an interesting point that um, doesn't necessarily tie to what we're just saying here, but it's been found to be true in regarding the use of alcohol. Now, most states have use of alcohol 21. There are some states who will allow kids to drink at 18 if their parents agree and if the parents are present. I think that's stupid. I think it's crazy behavior and a crazy law, but it's nonetheless that's a law in some places. I think Georgia, if not mistaken. But they have this law that says, okay, you can't drink until you're 21. And the kids that have signed a commitment with their parents to not drink until they're 21, in other words, they wait are the kids that, when they become 21, don't drink. And when they're 22 and 24 and 5 and 8 and 30, they don't drink. Or if they do, they drink very, very little and very moderately. There's something good about making a commitment to waiting until you're older. 
waiting until it's your turn, waiting until the opportunity is right for you, waiting until I can say so, waiting until I can give you the nod you know, to go ahead. In other words, we've got to learn how to wait. Wait. And that's an important issue for kids today. They don't want to wait. They want it all now. They want it all yesterday. But we've got to sometimes wait until we're older. Well, anyway, there's the facts of life for kids. I don't know what your facts of life are in your home, but I would encourage you, if you have not created a list like this, to do so. Create your own list and put it in the refrigerator. What are the facts of life? And sometimes you want to just go over those with your kids. You go over them at mealtime. Discuss each point. Or maybe for the next 10 days or the 10 mealtimes as a family, create one fact of life and write it down. And then... The next time you have a meal together, tomorrow or the next day, write another fact of life and write it down. And keep the score and keep it on the refrigerator. And so you can be reminded of it periodically and discuss it periodically as a family. And when there's violations of it, you can go back and talk about it. So as a family, this is a very important thing to do is to get your facts of life identified and get them in order and get them written down and get them discussed and get them understood and get them agreed upon. Okay? no matter how old your kids are. That's very important, okay? Hey, nice to have you with me today. Uh, this is uh, the Psychology Report. Now, this coming Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning, my television program is again produced on centralvalleytalk.com. Internet television. Centralvalley dot, pardon me, centralvalleytalk.com. And uh, the program you'll find there is Dr. Teach Me to Parent. So go to centralvalleytalk.com, access Dr. Teach Me to Parent at 10 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, Pacific Standard Time. And uh, I'd be glad to have you as part of my audience. And uh, after the program, the program is then stored for the rest of life on YouTube. And it can be obtained there as well. But um, this particular topic today will be on it, but I've got other topics that I'll be discussing as well. So pass the word, have other people listen, particularly parents of young kids and parents of growing kids in their family. A great program for them to listen to. Dr. Teach Me to Parent. It's centralvalleytalk.com, 10 o'clock in the morning Saturday, Pacific Standard Time. Okay, bye for now.